Hello out there, world. Welcome to episode six of the Modern Educator Podcast. This is Corey Brown, your host. And uh, I have just finished the second week of the new school year. And I just want to make some, you know, reflections and some observations about some of the things that I've done to really get the school year started right. Uh, I, I really feel like things are going great in all my classes. You know, this is this is the first year I'm teaching all honors and all AP. Um, and like, I, I'm just predicting this year is going to be just rock solid. No easily identifiable problems, children. Um, and it's, I, I feel like it's going to go great. Uh, and uh, I'll just, you know, talk for a bit about what I've done to sort of set up this positive culture in my classroom and, and to really just kick things off the right way. And uh, I think I think I'll first discuss what the general consensus of the right way to start the school year is. I remember back in my time at San Diego State, I like I had multiple classes on this, like how to set up your classroom, what to do on the first day of school. Like I, I own a book called like the first day of school, and. Uh, it, it's, it focuses so much on establishing classroom procedures, establishing classroom rules, establishing classroom expectations, sort of like proving you're the boss. Um, and like, I know that stuff is valuable, but I'm prepared to make the argument that that stuff's really important at the elementary level and especially at the honors AP high school level like you already got the kids. Like you, you generally got them on board. Uh, I really just spend the first couple days of school creating an environment where the kids know that I'm that I'm you know a capable, intelligent history teacher, and that the kids know they're gonna learn something and they're gonna have a good time. I I really focus so much more of the first couple days of school on being this kind of fun, enjoyable entertainer, but they're learning stuff too. Uh, I, I am consistently holding them accountable and I do establish classroom procedures, but if I get the vibe from the kids that I'm not really gonna have any behavior issues, I don't really spend a lot of time on it. Uh, I know some other teachers at my school, they do follow this traditional understanding of the first day of school. I had a teacher said that for the first week of school, all they did was establish procedures. And gosh, I just I just run out of things to say. Like the way I established procedures on the first day of school, I did it in like 10 minutes. It was, hey class, this is where you pick up papers that you know I want to pass out to you. Uh, this is where you'll find your papers when I want to give them back to you that are graded. This is where you turn in your papers. This is my website. You know, this is sort of the, the way I generally run class. Let's jump into it. Um, oh, yeah, I guess I also talk about, like, you know, don't eat in the classroom. And I talk about the bathroom policy. I talk about my cell phone policy. But but then I just go uh, and I just jump right into teaching them stuff. And I, I know that there are other teachers that, you know, have all this getting to know you group work stuff and, making sure everybody in the class is like friends with each other, uh, writing out like these are classroom behavior rules. And, and I think at the high school level, it's almost insulting 
to have a 17-year-old write on a poster saying, I promise not to hit people in this class. And one thing I will say, if I was in a classroom where there were like legitimately violent kids, and I've been in classrooms with legitimately violent kids, maybe that's something I would do. But I'm teaching the top kids in a magnet program school that, you know, voluntarily drive an hour or more to get to school every day. Like, these are kids who are committed to learning, who want to get stuff done, and I I think that's just a waste of their time. Um, so that's why I just sort of jumped right into the learning. And I, I really know, like, even... Even on the first day of school, when I only had this like short period with every one of my students, I you know did procedures for 10 minutes, and then I basically did a history of my life for the next 15 minutes. It's like the only time in my whole year that I really talk about myself in a just direct way. This is my biography, basically. And... I'll, it, you know, I, I present it in a really funny way. I talk about, you know, all the teaching that I've done. Basically, it's a, a stand-up comedy version of the, f- the first podcast in this podcast series. And uh, students generally love it. They're just, they're laughing. And they, they, I establish the fact that I'm an entertaining guy. That this is a class you don't want to miss. That, that I win the kids over with comedy in that first day. And at the very end of class, I have them fill out this questionnaire, which is like, you know, uh, what's your favorite TV show? What kind of sports are you into? What kind of clubs do you want to do at the high school? And one of the, the questions on there is, who's your favorite teacher you've ever had? And the, the question is supposed to be for like your whole life. But consistently, on the first day of school, I get kids who write, Mr. Brown, 10th grade history teacher. And it's like, it's like you, you haven't even seen what I've done yet. Like, and it's winning them over so early, I think is just very important. Um, and, and, and look, this strategy won't work in every classroom. If I was in a classroom, and I've, I've been in classrooms full of kids who are just generally angry at the system, generally violent, uh, generally don't want to be there, I think humor and will work with some of them, but I think others would be disinterested in, in almost any tactic. Uh, I've I've tried to be the the sort of angry, mean boss kind of teacher, and I've noticed that it generally isn't a good reaction. There's you're not really going to win kids over. Um, I mean, I will be the angry mean authoritative teacher when a kid is a danger to themselves or a danger to others of course i will but when i've heard on the first day of school you've got to be like a mean teacher you've got to tell kids to shut up and and stuff like that and i i can't do that i can't establish myself as the mean guy um but but actually i can say this though so in my ap class the first day of school is I mean, I, I try to be fun and engaging, but in my AP class, at least, I spend I don't spend any time talking about myself and doing a comedy routine. I spend the time talking about, this is a serious class. 
because uh, AP Human Geography, the class I teach, is a college-level class to 14-year-olds, to high school freshmen. And I, I just make it very clear from, from day one, you don't have to take this class. Like, it's not a requirement to graduate high school. It's totally optional. I say it's a lot of work. I expect you to work hard for me. And if you don't want to do that, please quit early. Because I don't want to check out a textbook to them and get emotionally invested in them and spend all this extra time with a kid who doesn't even want to be there in the first place. Um, and every year I have you know about two kids drop the class. Uh, this year I had a kid drop the class at the end of the first lesson. That was that was a new one where I just you know uh, in my in my world history class I get kids who say I'm the best teacher they ever had at the end of the first day, and in my uh, AP class you know I I I'm glad that that so many kids know the stakes of AP and they stay. But it's, it's just funny that I got a kid this year who said, yeah, this class isn't for me. It sounds too hard. And I'm like, all right, you know, see your counselor, sign out, peace, peace to you. So, um, all right, let me, let me keep talking about uh, some of my other things that I do in this first week that I think have just really got kids in. Um, and uh, I, I could say this too. I, I start the class off as this sort of comedy routine. Because I know my reputation at this high school. Kids generally love me. It's, there's this rotating door of students who come in before and after school and just talk to me about their lives and their problems. And like already this year, I've got so many kids who are the cousins, brothers, sisters of students I've had previously. And the kids talk to each other, you know. It, when you're dealing with freshmen, it might be a little more challenging because they, some of them have no real idea what to expect coming into the school. But um, when, when I have sophomores, they've, they've done a little bit of their research. They sort of know uh, what teachers are, are, are the ones that other students recommend. And it's, it, it's definitely a great thing when you have kids who walk into the room and they, they call you by name. And they're like, hey, I've, I've heard great things. I'm like, oh, well, thanks. Look, join, join the class. Sit down. Um, and uh, one thing that I c continually am getting from my former students who, you know, see me before and after school, they complain about their new teachers. Most of the complaints are just, oh, this new teacher's hard. And it's like, all right, kid, you know, deal with it. I, you know, <laughs> get through life somehow. But a lot of my former students are coming in and they're saying, Mr. Brown, I hate my new teacher because this teacher isn't teaching me anything. And that's the kind of criticism that frustrates me the most. You know, it's if uh, kids need to know that they're learning. And I've, I've done a lot to make sure that happens in my classroom. I have, you know, these sort of classroom objectives every day. I quiz kids constantly throughout my lesson, um, and I have these sort of starting questions that test their general knowledge and frames the lessons so that they hopefully will pick up something new at the end of the day. But yeah, when I, when I have kids who say, I don't like this teacher, they don't teach me anything, that shows that the kid is taking a lot of responsibility for their own learning, and I'm just impressed by that. Uh, and And yeah, it's... The fact that I start teaching on day two, when other teachers start teaching, you know, a week down the line, 
it convinces kids that yes, my class is is worth their time, and they they will get something out of it. Um, and it's 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 wild to me. Uh, this year, even I've had students uh, who have already taken my class. They come back in the room, and they're not disrupting anybody, and they just sit in the back and listen to history again and uh you know laugh at some of my same jokes again and i'm like hey hey kid uh you don't have a you know first period class go home like why are you coming to school early and and they're just legitimately interested in learning again and uh it's that's just a weird a weird phenomenon i guess um and, and I want to make something very clear. I can be a disciplinarian. I've definitely disciplined kids uh, and and got them on track. Uh, and I, I've, I've just got these... I use a lot of my skills as an actor, I think, to, to sort of show kids a very clear transition. Um, there's something about the, the mind of uh, a child and a teenager. They see an adult... And they sort of know, okay, that's how the adult is normally. And if that adult has a change in their demeanor, in their expression, in their volume, in their general voice, kids respond to that more than anything. They respond to emotional change more than actual like volume level change directly. Um, and I've, I've just seen kids' faces turn white when I change myself from comedy mode to authority mode thank goodness i don't have authority mode that much uh being an authority mode kind of teacher is so exhausting you know it it really just wears you down uh and yeah i recall some of my past experiences just coming home so exhausted feeling like i fought a battle um and i i realized that most of the time you don't win most of the time, you, you end up uh, being being authoritative to kids, and they just fight back, and they view you as like an enemy, uh, and that's, I don't think anyone wins in those scenarios. Um, all right, but anyway, let me let me get back to some of my uh, other strategies here. So it, back to my AP class, actually, I sort of have what what I'd like to call a hell week scenario in AP where I, I continually have a, a positive demeanor and I'm I'm not mean to the kids, but I say, okay, we're not even really learning the content yet. I want to teach you guys the strategies to take hard, hard multiple choice tests and the strategies to write these specialized essays for AP Human Geography. And my hope is that I can sort of Figure out the kids that that really don't belong in the class. Because um, in previous years, I had kids who just could not even write a sentence. And gosh, you know, I hey, I, I want to say education for all and equity for all. But man, it's a college level class. I cannot bring you up from zero to a hundred. I'll, I'll bring you up from 70 to a hundred, but... I, I need to figure out the kids that really just don't belong and the kids that really just can't hack it. Um, and so that's that's why I sort of have a much more intense feeling uh, with, with AP Human. 
Another thing I try to establish pretty early on when I'm in the classroom is, hey, I'm a teacher that gives you rewards for being good rather than punishments for being bad. And this works really well at the honors and AP level. These are kids who are excited to learn, who want to be there, and they like getting free stuff. Um, and uh, uh, what, what I tend to do is just give pretty big rewards, but make it uh, like a, a chance game. Um, so rather than me, you know, going to the store and buying a bunch of like fun size candy bars or something, m most kids, especially at the high school level, they don't care about a Jolly Rancher or a fun size Milky Way. But if you say, hey kid, if you do amazing at this thing, I will give you the chance to win a pair of headphones. And they might be, you know, kind of dinky headphones, but, but they'll be excited about that. I mean, especially, you know, in the, the internet age and smartphones, every kid has a smartphone and gotta have headphones with it if you listen to music. So th that's really my strategy. I, I win them over with a, a prizes and rewards. Um, and that's, that, that's what keeps them really motivated to, to stay on the right behavior. It's not punishments for being bad. It's rewards for being good. That educational strategy, I stand by more than anything else I do in the classroom. Because uh, I've, I've seen bad kids turn around when they know that there's carne asada fries at stake or something like that. Um, okay, uh, more classroom strategies I have. So on that first day, every kid sort of fills out like this basic questionnaire, this getting to know you sheet. I read over them. And I try my best in the, you know, and I'm still going to try it tomorrow in the classroom to reference what those kids wrote and have little mini conversations with them. You know, be like, hey, Curtis, not a real kid's name. Hey, uh, I saw that you like to play Fortnite. Is that, you know, where's your favorite place to drop? See, I, I played Fortnite, so I know how to, like, communicate in, in Fortnite language. Um, and... It, just that little conversation that, wow, Mr. Brown is aware of something I care about. That makes a huge difference to some of these kids. Because um, I, I remember when I was in high school and middle school, I was a very, very active video gamer. And one time I was playing, you know, this game. I think it was Super Smash Brothers. And uh, I played the game for years. But then my mom comes over and sort of watches me play... And she just asked me some basic questions about the game. And I, I, was, I was like amazed and impressed that my mom actually cared about what I was into. And that, that's the way to connect with, with teenagers, especially these sort of more uh, intelligent academic focused kids. Once you've established like, hey, I think you're cool. I care about what you think is important. That's when kids will just eat out of your hand and they will do all the things you ask them to do. They will respond when you say like, hey kid, you didn't do your homework this week. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in you. They'll be like, oh crap, Mr. Brown's disappointed in me. I got to do my homework right now. Um, that's, that's the strategy that I really try to enforce in my classroom. Um, 
Yeah, and, and also just learning kids' names as early as possible. Uh, one of the teachers at my school is sort of famous that she learns every kid's name on the first day. Uh, that's that's a challenge. Uh, you know, I've I've got a couple periods where I have multiple kids who have the same name, and that's that's always really tricky in my head. Um, but yeah, definitely learning the names as quickly as possible. Uh, that that's yeah. If if you don't know someone's name, that's kind of like a sign of disrespect. Um, but yeah, just I I really do tend to try my best to engage with kids at the door, uh, engage with kids during the class, making just little jokes, praising them for what they're doing. Just, I think so many teenagers don't believe that they're capable. They don't believe that they're good. Uh, and, and yeah, it's, it, it's actually a big problem that kids think they, they just can't hack it. Uh, I've had I've had numerous students come in before and after school at my classroom and just basically have very minor uh, stress anxiety attacks, and uh, that's that's the the real crux of of being a teacher in the modern world, of calming the kid down and saying no, you can do it, you know, just just stick with it, and achievement is possible. Um, and I think that's why I'm, I'm having like the other day, 30 kids came into my classroom before school started. And every one of these kids just basically wanted the, the daily praise from Mr. Brown, the daily, hello, how you doing? You know, how are your classes? How's your life? And that, that means the world to some of these kids. I, I really know that. I, 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 this has been confirmed. Some of these students go home and their parents work night shifts and they have to basically make their own dinner and they're sort of by themselves. And it's... I think I am the only positive adult interaction that some of these kids get all day. And that that really wears on my soul sometimes. Because, look, I'm tired. Like, I've... I've got things that I have to do in my classroom. I've got to prep my lessons. But when a, a former student comes in, and I can tell it means a lot to them if I give them some attention, I'm always going to I'm always going to put my heart out there for that kid. And uh it's that's that's why I go home exhausted some days. It's because I maybe I care too much. Um yeah, that's some serious stuff. All right, well, anyway, uh, if you've got any questions about being a teacher in Las Vegas and just teaching in general, please send any inquiries to vegasmoderneducator at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Peace out.